Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind until I don't know who I am. Mirror man. Good morning and welcome to mirror a new. Mirror man, mirror man. You twist and turn my mind. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry about that, but it doesn't matter. I'm not embarrassed because I'm I'm on my own today. Uh, Johnny is out because he's at a shoot. He's gone all Hollywood on the Arsenal opinion. Um, so he's he's making money doing his day job. And Matt Candela, um, disappointed in Matt. He's uh, he's getting a root canal. He's getting a root canal. So uh, he's he's out uh, getting his mouth drilled, which is uh, probably not good for him, but it's good for me because it means that there is nobody to have a pop at uh, my opinions today because I'm going to go solo. I'm going to go solo, so it's, it, it'll be a little bit quick, but it's uh, like podcasting is a little bit like going to the gym. You go to the gym four times a week, and then you do that for three months, and then all of a sudden, uh, you can't get to the gym one day. You start to itch. You need to get that, uh, need, you need to get that taken care of. So I'm going to go solo today. I've done this, I've done this a few times before. Um, it'll be a little bit shorter, but I feel like there's a few things that, that I want to get off my chest today because um, today, I, I, I think generally... The way Arteta managed the game was was quite clever. I don't think all of his little strategies truly paid off, but I'm hoping that we're in reasonably good shape going into the massive game against Chelsea uh, this Sunday. So um, I'm going to start with uh, an AOP. Hoist of takes. Where are you going with this, Pedro? You're going right to yourself. You're going right to yourself. Um, the hottest take from this evening is uh, we are through in the Europa League. Was it painful to watch? Absolutely. Um, does anybody enjoy the group stages? No, not even the average teams enjoy the group stages because everybody knows it's absolutely terrible. Um, but we made it through. Uh, winning five games from six is is pretty impressive, especially considering the absolutely crazy October we've had. You know, we've had to go to PSV twice in quick succession. Um, and I think that we've we've managed most of the games reasonably well. You know, was the football scintillating at all times? No. 
Um, did some of the players that we thought were going to absolutely bang in this competition bang? No. But do we escape top of the group? Yeah, we do. Do we have to play that like that round of 32 game? No, we don't. So we're, we're playing sailing. Uh, and when you get into the latter stages of this competition, like you're, you're with all the cool kids that got thrown out of the main party and they're coming back to, to, to the Europa League for an after party. You know, we've got Barcelona, we've got Ajax, we've got Sevilla. Uh, you've, I don't even know if Juventus made it, but um, there's, a, there's a roster of pretty exciting teams. Javi Alonso's Bayer Leverkusen. So, you know, the, the Europa League will pick up from now. We'll hopefully have a few exciting games. And always remember, all of this pain of the Europa League, it's, it could potentially be worth it because there is a, there's a backdoor entrance uh, into the Champions League if we need it. But the way that Arsenal are playing at the moment, we're talking about competing for top two. We're not talking about, like, bumming it in um, last game of the season into the top four like we have been in the past. So maybe we don't need to worry about that too much. Um, so I'm going to go through a, a few of the hot points. Again, this podcast will be like, we're in and out today. We're in and out. But I know that, you know, you're on your commute in the morning. You want to have something in your ears. Uh, and you want to you want to know that that 90 minutes of ugh, that you spent watching that game last time, it was worth something, that there was a there was a grand plan. Uh, and I think there was. Um, but let's get let's get some of the, the more painful things out of the way. Tommy Asu, he didn't start. Um, so he was rested and he was brought on um, for the final 20 minutes of the game. And he was uh, subbed on and subbed off. He didn't look happy. He looked like he knew that whatever the injury was, uh, was potentially not very good. So like, firstly, you just have to say it is devastating for any player to have to potentially miss the World Cup. Um, if Tommy Asu has injured himself badly, he joins the list of, uh, of Son. At Spurs, who fractured his cheekbone and had to have a pretty nasty surgery uh, in the week. You know, I know he's a Spurs player, but a 29-year-old missing his final World Cup is pretty devastating. So I'm feeling for him. Uh, ben Chilwell against Chelsea last night. He's missing the World Cup. Another horrible injury. Uh, it's, it's it's not good. But my, my slight irritance with um, the Tommy Asu injury is I, I do feel like Mikel Arteta has not learned his lesson with uh, Tommy Asu. Like, overplayed him last December, brought him back early from injury, and buried him. Uh, twice. Twice, because he tried to rush him back the second time, and then we didn't see Tommy Asu for the rest of the season, and it cost us, you know? It didn't He wasn't the only per- person that cost us um, our run for top four, but you have to say, if you had a fit Tommy Asu for the whole of last season, I think we're picking up a few extra points here and there. Um, the... And Arteta's kind of followed the same run of show again. You know, like we finally get Tommy Yasu back into the team. And I know that he was fit for quite a long time, but he wasn't playing regular games. And then Mikel Arteta you know, has that moment against Liverpool where he's like, wow, Tommy Yasu can play left back. And he's like, let's play him in all of the games. Um, and I know he hasn't played all the minutes in every single game, but if Tommy Yasu is injury prone, if we know that he's probably not going to be good for playing three games a week, why bother? I mean, you, we could have played um, we could have played Kieran Tierney a little bit earlier and maybe we wouldn't get into this mess. Um, but I guess the bigger picture, and listen, we don't know what the injury is yet, but history tells us that it's probably not looking good. He's just not a reliable player and you need reliable players if you're going to win the league. And the only sort of selfish saving grace that we've got out of this injury is it doesn't harm us. It doesn't harm us either way. You know, we've got Zinchenko coming back into contention 
at the weekend, um, which means that we don't have to pick between Kieran Tierney and Tommy Asu at left back. It'll be Zinchenko. And then we've got Ben White, who seems to be made of extremely strong stuff. He's like Granite Jacker-like in his ability to ride out um, any knocks or bumps. So we're, we're safe. And, you know, Tommy Asu will probably be back for the, by, you know, by late December. Hopefully, and hopefully it's not like a three, four month injury like it was last season. But, um, you know, it's good for Arsenal. I just on a personal level, like just a, a player missing a World Cup. It's so devastating. This this close, you're within spitting distance. You're in the month that the World Cup starts. So I'm feeling for him. But again, it's like Mikel Arteta, you know, you've got to, you've got to learn how far to push certain players. This notion that everyone can be playing 70 games a season. It's not it's just not true for everybody. Um, so second topic that I wanted to touch on again. A little bit rough. Do we love Gabby Jesus? Yes. Does Gabby Jesus make Arsenal a better team? 100% Gabby Jesus makes Arsenal um, a better team. But he's not scoring goals. He hasn't scored a goal since the, the 1st of October. And I think one of the strategies tonight was, should we play Gabby Jesus tonight? Based on his importance to the team, probably not. But I think Mikel Arteta was like, listen, we're, we're going to... Uh, I, I made a reference in the Grove today. It's like Jurassic Park, where they, they put the little goat up um, and they, they feed it to the T-Rex. And someone says, you know, T-Rex doesn't want to be fed, wants to hunt. Gabby Jesus doesn't want to be fed. He wants to hunt. But sometimes um, you've got to play a game like Zurich. And that's the equivalent of like putting that little goat up on that panel. But the problem is, it's like the goat The goat scared off the T-Rex tonight. Gabby Jesus didn't score against a really weak side. And one of the chances that he missed, I mean, he didn't miss. It was kind of a save. But it, it, it was open goal stuff for a player of that caliber. And he still missed. And it, it gets to the point where you're feeling sorry for him. You're like, wow, you can't, you cannot hit the target for love nor money. Uh, does, does it detract away from all the goodness that he brings to the team? No, he's got, he's got three assists at the weekend. Absolutely incredible. His work rate is uh, monumental. He brings people into the game. Like He's completely transformed the way Arsenal play. But w- we cannot be in a situation like we have been for the last uh, f- few years, where it's like, oh, well, Lacazette does X. Um, Oba could do Y. You know, like we need to have um, a striker that scores goals. And I know people criticize this, but like it's like the Meza Ozil days. Oh, but he does he does this, yeah, but he doesn't do like the, the other half of the job. Mikel Arteta was very, very clear about what bringing in a striker was about. Goals, 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 goals. If if Gabby Jesus is not scoring goals, it's a bit of a problem. And I I I think that you can probably sort of navigate your way back to what the real issue is here. And ever since he was kept out of that Brazil squad with the other two Gabbies, he hasn't been quite the same. Gabriel Martinelli has gone like a rocket ship. Uh, but Gabby Jesus, it's like it's on his mind. And the the World Cups are so important to to, to every single player. Like it, it takes on this 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 massive part of their life. And you're just wondering whether he started second guessing himself after he didn't get included in the squad. I mean, it was mad that he wasn't included in the squad. He was playing so well, but it's rocked his confidence. And one of the problems, uh, uh, you know, the previous World Cup is, you know, he, di- he didn't score a single goal. And that was big news in Brazil. I think Tim Vickery wrote about it and he was asked whether a, 
uh, Gabby Jesus was asked whether he wanted to be a number nine, and he said he didn't know. And now he knows that he wants to be a number nine. And someone like Richarlison might get the nod over him. Like that's a, that's an insane call. But ultimately, the Brazil coach will be looking at what's going on right now. And if if the if Gabriel if Gabriel Jesus isn't scoring goals, that that's that's a bit of a problem. And I'm hoping that he still gets taken. But I wonder whether he's been mentally jarred by this and he's snatching at things. He's trying to force the issue. A little bit and when you try and force things in sport doesn't always work out for you but there is the saving grace the biggest game of the weekend is going to be Arsenal versus Chelsea the world will be watching and what a great time to score four goals uh, he did that last season remember against Newcastle he, he, he'd scored about as many as Lacazette up until like January February and then bang four goals and then it set him off you know the the biggest concern that you can have with a striker isn't whether they're missing chances, it's whether they're getting in position. Like, and Alex Lacazette last season wasn't even getting in position to be in contention. Gabriel Jesus is in, is in the right position six or seven times. I think he had seven attempts at goal in um, against Nottingham Forest, three on target. It's just not, it's just like, it's margins. So it's fine, fine margins. But I think once he scores one, the floodgates will truly open. I still think he's on for 20 goals uh, this season. I think he's an immense player. But Gabriel Jesus, you've got to put it in the net, son. You've got to put it in the net. So hopefully we can get that fixed. Um, let's talk about Eddie Nketiah and Fabio Vieira. Two players on the periphery of the squad. Now, you know, I love Eddie. I love Eddie. I think he's a, I think he's a top talent. It hasn't really worked out for him so far this season. Um, I don't think he showered himself in, in glory um, this evening. I don't think he was terrible. Um, but also, you know, he's not a left winger. It's not really um, his role. And I think when you always put Eddie in these kind of like crappy Europa League teams, it, it doesn't always shine. He's not playing with uh, the best. He's not getting supply chances. Uh, but he's not getting a look in in the, in, in the Premier League at the moment. And... I don't know. I, like, it's very difficult to judge players in a Europa League when nobody wants to be there, not even the opposition. So I think some of the criticism that he's getting is, is a little bit unfair. And I also think it's a lot of people wanted, wanted to believe in the League One Eddie bullshit. They really did. And now he's not playing well and he's got that 100 grand a week contract. Everybody wants to come back and say, ah, see, Arsenal got it wrong. No, we didn't. I really don't think we did. And I think that he'll prove... Um, I think he'll prove his mettle later on in the season. I have still got faith in Eddie. I think he's a top young striker. I'm glad that he didn't go to Brighton or somebody like that. And I think there is a, a role for him at Arsenal. He's got a great attitude. Um, he's a brilliant finisher and things will come good. It's just annoying that both of our strikers are having a bit of trouble um, at the moment. But remember, this season is long and you need to rely on your squad and hopefully he'll get minutes and hopefully he will prove that he was worth that big contract. Fabio Vieira, I can't work out. I mean, obviously, he's got an incredibly high ceiling. Um, Arsenal fans are so, so quick to to write off players. And a lot of people are like, well, you know, Fabio Vieira doesn't have 16 goals and 17 assists yet. Like, maybe he's a flop. Maybe he's not that good. And I just think it's too early to be writing off a player like that. The the, the biggest thing for me, he's just not very big. He's not very big. And I, the Premier League is physical. You can have small players in the Premier League that are very robust. Um, like there's plenty of them, you know, Santi Gazzola, small and robust, but still pretty strong physically. Fabio Vieira doesn't really feel like he's quite clicked in this system yet, but um, he's an incredible technician. Um, you know, he's won a, he's won a league title. He's been absolutely, you know, a definitive player. 
um, in a in a really decent squad. I just think it takes time, and um, it, it's taken a lot of great players time to bed into the squad. Um, Robert Perez, everybody was doubting him when he first joined Arsenal. I remember Wenger was like, "Oh, he's he's the next Zidane." I was like, "This is this is nuts." I do not get what he's seeing with this player, and then it clicked, and everything went to the moon after that. Freddie Lundberg. Terrible finisher when he first joined Arsenal. I couldn't really work out what was going on. Then all of a sudden, he's timing those runs with Dennis Bergkamp and, uh, you know, the rest is history. So like Arsenal fans and, and football fans in general, it's like unless that player is doing exactly that thing in that moment, uh, then they're shit. And it's it's just a childish way to look at football. Um, everybody has different development uh, paths. And I'm hoping that Fabio Vieira is going to come good um, at some point. And also just another point on that. You, this Mikel Arteta football is not simple. A lot of people are like, football is a simple game. It's not. like Arteta isn't like, go out there and express yourself. It's like, here is your role. And you're going to do this role exactly. And if you don't do it, I'm going to get angry at you. And I think it takes some people a little bit longer to adapt to that game. You know, the, the Manchester City guys adapted to the game almost instantly because Pep Guardiola is the, the overlord of... Um, of this this style of football, but you know maybe Fabio Vieira is just taking his sweet time. But like I think we've got to, we've got to give both of these young players um, a little bit of a, a grace period. I haven't got Sambi Lukonga up there. Um, I didn't think he was terrible um, this evening. I know that a lot of a lot of Arsenal fans have got got it in for him a little bit. Sambi Lukonga is a little bit different for me because he whined in the media. But again, you know, I'd do the same if I was twenty two years old. Like the, we we expect twenty uh, two year olds to have high levels of maturity. And, you know, there's a lot of players that do have that. But Kayasak is a freak, man. He's a freak on the pitch and he's incredibly mature off it as well. But not everyone's like that. You know, imagine what you were like at 22. If you're not getting your way, if you're not um, getting the plum jobs at work, what do you do? You bitch, you moan, you sulk, you behave badly. Um, I think that that's um, Sambi Lukonga. But I do wonder whether Sambi Lukonga has also got the World Cup in his head. And he knows he's not going to be there. Maybe that's rattling him. I, I, and I think if there is anybody that's going to take a loan in January, if he's allowed, it might be Sambi because his game doesn't really appear to be moving that far forward. He's always switches off a little bit in games. He's always prone to, to make an error. But again, let's remember playing central midfield for Arsenal is a really difficult job and trying to be like, you know, two weeks ago, we're asking him to be more impressive than Thomas Partey. Sorry, not happening. One of the best midfielders in the world. This week, we're complaining because he's not as good as Granit Xhaka. Sorry, one of the best number eights on the planet. And like, listen, people aren't even arguing it anymore. They're not even arguing with him because it's true. Granit Xhaka is top, top, top level. And uh, expecting Sambi to come in in his first game in that more advanced position and to, to do the business, I think it's unrealistic, even against Zurich. All right. Let's move on to um, the rotation strategies. So I wrote a blog piece this morning about all of the things that Mikel Arteta could be thinking about. Um, the first one was, um, what was he going to do with um, what was he going to do with Zinchenko? Because if Zinchenko starts, if Zinchenko starts the evening, he's not playing on Sunday because he won't be ready. But he didn't. Um, so. I think the 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 Zinchenko uh, thing, like let let's gear up for him potentially playing on Sunday. I'll come back to um, Zinchenko. Mo El Neni, um, who 
you know I absolutely love. He's back in the squad now. And I think that that really gives us um, a bit of a boost for next season. Uh, Not next season, second half of next season, because um, I I think we've lacked him. You know, having someone to roll in. I think against Manchester United, we had Samuel Lekonga filling in for Thomas Partey. Uh, And we lost. And we lost because of two of his errors. I think if you had... um, Mo Oneni in against Man United. Uh, I think we're unbeaten so far this season. Uh, and I know some people uh, might disagree with that, but uh, I don't. So I think having him back in for Europa League gives us a bit of stability. He's disciplined. He just does what he's told. Recycles the ball. Um, short passes. Nothing too daring, apart from the occasional shot, because we know he loves a shot. So having Mo Oneni back in the squad is great. Um, Zinchenko not coming on. I don't know what to make of that, but maybe I, I have absolutely no idea why it didn't come on. Maybe it was because of um, the Tommy Asu problem. Um, I've I've got no idea, uh, or maybe it was like I just don't. I've seen Tommy Asu get injured. Maybe it's like, a, well, I don't want to jinx it, and then put Zinchenko on, and he gets injured, and I'm getting pelters after. But let's let's see what happens on Sunday because I think Mikel Arteta would love um, to play him on Sunday. So the second strategy that we've already spoken about, I think it was like putting form into legs that don't have it. Um, the Gabby Jesus experiment did not work, but he was taken off on uh, 63 minutes. So he's not going to be tired. He's going to be energetic and he didn't get injured. So that's uh, that's pretty important. And Thomas Partey also came on um, quite late in the game. And I think that that was... Um, you know that was so that he doesn't have. Apparently, you bring on uh, you bring on first teamers late in games like that because it means that they don't have to do the additional work in the warm down. The warm down that Smith Rowe got injured in uh, early in the season, and that means that the players can get into bed a little bit earlier. And I kind of think that that's sweet. Kind of think that that's sweet. Um. Uh, okay. So uh, yeah. So I think I think the rotation strategies uh, worked. I think the the biggest issue that I had with the game really was that we played a fairly strong team against a, sh- a very rubbish team. And we only came away with it one nil. And I think maybe my, my bigger disappointment with the, the whole tournament is I feel that we started off in these kind of crappy European games, really enthusiastic, like, yeah, we're all happy. We're back in Europe. And then by the end of it, it was a little bit like pulling teeth. And I, I don't know whether it's just because everybody's played so many minutes um, when you're playing a game that you don't really care about, that you're pretty sure that you're going to win, you switch off. But I would have liked to have seen, uh, I don't know, a little bit more, a, a little bit more aggression, a little bit more focus, maybe some of those sort of, uh, you know, second string players like pulling up trees. I don't know. It, it, it didn't really work out well. I think Yankee Gunner from the Arsenal Vision podcast had an interesting comment. He said, Maybe some of the players that we think are amazing aren't that amazing. And if you remember kind of late 2000s uh, League Cups, you always used to fall in love with that squad. You'd be like, Fran Marita and Mark Randall going to the very, very top. And then next season, they'd be sold or given away on a free transfer. And you'd be like, where's that? Where's Arturo Lupoli? What happened to that guy? Why did, why did he exit the building? I fell in love with so many of those young League Cup players and they never really made it. And it was always disappointing. Um, I, I wonder whether the Europa League is is kind of that. You know, Rob Holding, we, we, know, we, we know what you're about, Rob. We love you. We love your beautiful new hair, but 
you know, maybe you're not going to go any further than that Europa League. My concern is that I don't want Fabio Vieira and Laconga and Eddie Nketiah to just be Europa League players because I, I think there's a there's a higher ceiling of talent. But the problem with football is it's not always about talent. Sometimes it's about luck. Sometimes it's about who's in front of you. And sometimes it's about application. And if, if, you, if you can't do it when you're given the minutes, then it's very difficult to argue a case into the first team, especially a first team that's top of the league and absolutely smashing it. And the byproduct of being a successful club or a more successful club is um, that the players that you fall in love with, like they go because they don't get the minutes that they want. And I, you know, Kieran Tierney scored an incredible goal tonight, like really lashed it home. I was watching it on a CBS feed, so I didn't really see the, the, the full impact of it, but it was a, it was a great goal. And you're thinking to yourself, you're like, wow, Arsenal has moved forward. Do you remember like three seasons ago, Kieran Tierney on the overlap, that was the main thing. And we, um, and we loved him and he was the best player at the club. And every time he got injured, it felt like our season would collapse around him. And now we're like, oh man, like compared to Sinchenko, like you're a bit of an inferior player. And I'm sure that he would admit that. Zinchenko, Zinchenko was, uh, I think it was Carl Walker says Zinchenko was a top three when it came to technical ability at Manchester City. Imagine being the top three at the most technically gifted club in the world. And Kieran Tierney's all of a sudden, he's like, oh, wow. So I'm competing for left back against a four-time Premier League winner that grew up as a number 10, that can invert into midfield um, and be just as effective as a top tier number 10 in attack and be a, a, a league winning champion defender. That must be, that must be daunting. But again, it's like, this is elite level sport. Elite level sport is harsh. And like, we have to get used to that as fans because normally, uh, you know, over the last 10 years, we haven't been used to that level of competition or upgrades that actually upgrade. You know, I felt like latter, the, the latter Wenger years, the, you know, we spent 150 million and we wouldn't move the squad forward. Now we spend 35 million and we're like, whoa, I didn't even know left back could be like this. This is, this is a different gravy. This is a different gravy. So um, we have progressed. You know, this is the final topic. We have progressed in the Europa League. We did the job. People complaining about performances. Shut up. We did the job. Um, we, we topped out in the Europa League. Who knows where we go from here, but now it's a cup competition. And it gets exciting. But the question is, how are we going to manage the cup competition in the second half of next season? We'll have Smith Rowe back. We'll have Mo Oneni in midfield. Gives us a bit more stability. It gives us better options. Um, there'll be better teams. So it'll be more exciting. And I don't know about you, but I, I, we have suffered a lot in this Europa League competition. I feel like we need to win it. Just get it out of the system. Just get it out of the system and move back into the Champions League and say, listen, we had a good crack. We won you once, but we never want to go back here again. We never want to go away to Bodo Glimt. I don't, I don't want to play Ludo Goretz ever. I want to. I want to leave those teams behind us. It's 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 Barcelona. It's Bayern Munich. It's Paris Saint Germain. Let's forget it. But I feel like there is unfinished business in the Europa League. My only concern about progressing in the Europa League is Mikel Arteta just cannot resist rolling out a first team game after game, and it is a distraction. And I think that if there is a a twenty percent chance that we can win the league this year. There's a if there's a ten percent chance that we can win the league this year. I kind of want to move out of some of these cup competitions. FA Cup, you got to stay in it. League Cup against Brighton, give me a break. I, I don't I don't care about the League Cup. Who's bragging about winning a League Cup? 
I don't even think Spurs fans would brag about it. <laughs> no, they would. They def they definitely would. But I just I would just like to sort of narrow the focus next season because Arteta is uh, you know like a dog in a sweet shop when there are games and he's like let's just do it let's just let's just play that first team and then we bury people and our, our, our squad is a little bit too thin for that a little bit too thin for that so that that is my first solo podcast of the year I'm sorry that Johnny's not here I'm sorry that Matt is not here but at the end of the day they're not very committed they're not very committed. I'm here just talking to myself like an absolute weirdo. And here's the worst thing. I loved it. I loved it because no one can attack me. No one can call me toxic positivity. No one can say, I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, so maybe maybe this is the time to say that maybe I'm thinking about getting rid of uh, Johnny and Matt moving forward. Hey, let me know. Let me know in the comments if you think that's a good idea. Um, there is a, there is a, you know, is there, a, is there any other business Yes, there is some other business today. I'm I'm flogging social channels today. We've started doing clips uh, from the podcast. We are on TikTok. So just search the Arsenal Opinion on TikTok. Give us a little follow. Uh, we're hip. We're young. Show it to your kids. Uh, we're on Instagram. Search LeGrove or the Arsenal Opinion on Instagram. Give us a follow. It's just shorts from the podcast if you're not watching or you want to see what it's all about before you go in. And then there is patreon.com forward slash the Arsenal Opinion if you want all of your stuff ad-free. You don't want to see adverts for Viagra? Then go there, pay your £3.50 a month, and then we do a before the whistle, which will be coming out tomorrow. Um, and uh, like I, I'll put some editorial in there. Like It's, it's great fun. It's a, it's a small community, uh, but we value them. Okay, um, I think that that's I think that's everything I've got. If you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify, make sure you get in there and give us that five star review. We read all of those reviews; they're ever so kind, uh, and they help us uh, reach more people. Okay, uh, so I'm going to say goodbye. Uh, I normally banter backwards and forwards, but obviously there's no one else in the room. Uh, so thank you for listening. We love you very much, and we will see you uh, with a before the whistle tomorrow, and we will see you Sunday. We will see you Sunday. Oh, beating Chelsea, that would be incredible. Cannot wait to see you then. Live on the whistle. Ciao for now. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.